Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I take two steps forward. Sterling takes two steps back. But we come together on the AA podcast because... Opposites attract. There you go. Paula Abdul loves this podcast as much as you do. If you're with us and ready to talk some Chiefs bangles, hit that like button. Give us a five-star review. Send us a case of KC beer, whatever you like. We'd love to know it. We're here for another week. Who knew that we would be here? Uh, Still talking football. Only four franchises can say we're still talking live, actual football. We're not mired in 50 straight mock drafts for the next five months. How are you feeling, Sterling, after the divisional round and heading into the AFCCG? I'm feeling great. I know there's all this talk of the the, the Chiefs-Bengals coming up. Every single talk show in the mornings complaining about, well, who's the better quarterback? I'm trying to put it all to the side and just appreciate what we're witnessing right now. Five straight AFC Championship games all hosted by Kansas City. This is the best era of Chiefs football we have ever witnessed in our lifetime. I think it's sometimes silly to always just compare Mahomes to someone else or is Joe Burrow better? Who cares? Frankly, who cares? Let them play. They don't play head-to-head. Mahomes isn't on defense. Joe Burrow's not on defense. Like, enjoy what we're witnessing. We're witnessing greatness. I I thoroughly enjoy getting to wake up every Sunday, Thursday, Monday, and the occasional Saturday to watch Patrick Mahomes play football. We're lucky the Chiefs are still in this. We're lucky the Chiefs are underdogs for one of the first time ever. Mahomes is an underdog. I fucking love it. I'm just excited, man. Like, sometimes I think we take for for granted how impressive this run has been for Kansas City and what this truthfully means for Kansas City Chiefs fans. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm with I'm with you. Just to reflect for a minute, you know, when like I became a Chiefs fan when it was like Christian Okoye was running the football in the late '80s. I've seen a lot of good players stuck on really bad teams. Now I'm watching Hall of Fame players steamroll the entire NFL. Like it's just a it's a whole different way of watching football. Like I just remember hoping that some games that at least Jamal Charles would have good stats or. <laughs> Or that, or that Dwayne Bow would at least get like another touchdown to go up on the league leaders list, uh, even though, even though they lose or something. I mean, it was just crazy. So, yeah, we're uh, you know we're stoked for this. I'm stoked for this. You're stoked for this. Uh, let's talk a little bit of football. Let's talk a little bit of beer before we talk some football. Let's talk beer. You know it. We know it. Best beer in the world, KC Beer Co. If you guys have not had a chance to try KC Beer Co., first, what are you doing? Second, you're missing out. It is extremely good. Every single type of beer that you want, go there. They might not have it. They don't have sours because they brew with only four ingredients. With the Bavarian Beer Purity Law of 1516, we actually have our own beer there. 
Aero Red Lager. Uh, they're actually out of six packs right now. Yeah, it was so popular and so good out of six packs. They still have it on tap. Thank you guys so much for your support. Thank you guys so much for tagging them and tagging us on Twitter. Everyone who has tried it, to my knowledge, has thoroughly enjoyed it. So thank you guys. Uh, but Casey Beer Co., they're a great sponsor. They make delicious beer. Dare to beer different. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. I It occurs to me, like, when we're looking online, like, the, the listeners, the viewers of this podcast are so good about, like, not just not just getting the beer, which is a joy itself because it's good, but you guys have been so good at saying, like, hey, I got this because of listening to Hero Addict. Like, that takes an extra step. That takes a little bit more effort. That takes that extra time, taking the photos, sending the tweet, adding someone, like, remembering to do that. And you guys don't know how how long of a way that goes for us. And so the fact that you guys do that um, is ju- is just uh, yeah, it's it's not lost on us. We uh, like we always say we appreciate so much about about you all, and we do. But the fact that you guys go that extra mile too, just like really, uh, it, it's just huge. So we appreciate that. Uh, Sterling appreciates that. Otherwise, he would never have he wouldn't have enough money to afford the chef's hat he has on. <laughs> I, I love it. You you just got that from Briscoe today. You said right? Yeah, I, yeah. The, it's the throwback to the old uh, 2013, no, t- 2009 Snickers commercial. Yeah, the old the old. Uh, that's a great looking end zone. But who are the chefs? Yeah, so there that's we go. A great commercial, by the way, great commercial. That that that's how long ago we were watching football when they they were not good 13 years ago. But let's yeah. get into it. Let's talk some football. Sentimental, uh, being sentimental. Put that aside for now. Connor, what is the status of Patrick Mahomes? Uh, you know, I mean, we all know that that Mahomes is going to play. You know, I, one of the things that that can make you kind of sad about this time of year is rem- just remembering that we don't have the great Therese Paler around, you know, where he would say, like, this is one of those, like, over my dead body games, you know, for, for Patrick Mahomes, you know, when he would, like, when Mahomes is just going to make it happen regardless. And, you know, like, I, I, I miss – you know, Therese's great way of describing the game, breaking down the game, looking at the game. He was just, he was an all-time great himself. And so, you know, like when I look at this game, I think of Therese and just think, oh gosh, this is such a great um, example of the way that he would talk about the game. And, uh, and that, and that's what this is. You know, we know that, we know that Patrick's not going to miss the game unless something, you know, just crazy happens. And, and, um, Someone asked Andy Reid yesterday, you know, in the reporting, like, you know, is it possible that Patrick goes all week long without practicing, without doing anything, and then steps right onto the field and does it? And, um, you know, and, and Andy says, you know, he's he's never done that before. But, you know, yeah, that's – I mean, that's possible. You know, like, um, I, do, you, do you think there's any chance that he doesn't play at all? Like, I just think – what's crazy no. is a high ankle sprain has kept Clyde out since week 11. Right. So right. come on, running back and, and quarterback's a little different. It's a little different position. I get it. Mah- I get it. Mahomes is going to tape this up. They're going to take a shit ton of whatever medication he's going to need to take to get through this. If you, if were you or me, it'd be like four or five, four locos, call it a day. But he's going to be just medicated up. They'll find a way to make it happen. We saw him during the game. He did not want to get an x-ray. He's like, I am staying here, and I am staying in the game. 
And Andy Reid basically gave an ultimatum saying, you're not going back in until you get the X-ray. Get your ass back there. Then we'll, we'll take it from there. Mahomes is going to play. I, I have no doubt in my mind it's not a good injury to have. It's going to be interesting to see how he can push off that ankle. Obviously, the swelling now should be about as, as great as one would expect it to be because once the adrenaline goes down, once it actually settles in, that's when the pain really happens. I don't know if any of you have ever had a high ankle sprain. They suck. They're miserable. As a basketball guy, you can't do anything for multiple weeks. Mahomes is built different. The training staff and care that Mahomes is getting is different. The medicine he will be taking is different. Yeah. I expect him to be out there. By the way, this this brings to my mind, you know, we, we've seen a lot of like uh, Bobby Stroop's presence on Twitter, you know, his trainer, right? Who is like always kind of putting out there the exercises that Mahomes does in terms of like the flexibility, the, the, the building that sort of elasticity that allows Mahomes to kind of bend and and do like the crazy throws that he does and whatnot. And you got to wonder if, if a lot of that training, a lot of that elasticity, a lot of that flexibility along a lot of that joint strengthening is actually going to bode well for an injury like this in that, you know, maybe allows him to get away with that much more one week off of it. Um, you know, than, than like a, your typical quarterback, like a Josh Allen or, or someone else. So, yeah, you know, that's at least a little bit of a hope there. I would also say Andy Reid is going to have a playbook drawn up, especially for an injured Mahomes. It's not going to be the same Chiefs playbook that we've seen. It's not going to be the Alex Smith playbook. It's going to be something different. Personally, I expect a massive game from Kadarius Toney. He's probably the best man beater, not man eater like Hall and Oates, man beater on the team. Right. So Judy Smith is great against zone. Travis Kelsey is obviously Travis Kelsey. He will do everything possible. MVS is a little too inconsistent. I expect a huge Kadarius Tony game, quick throws to him, get the ball out of Mahomes' hand quick. Something we probably haven't seen a ton of from Pat, from Patrick in his Chiefs offense. That's what I expect. It all comes down to what since he does. Do they drop eight? Do they blitz Mahomes? I personally think if they blitz Mahomes, that's probably what the Chiefs want. That allows some one-on-one coverage on the outside. Mahomes can still get the ball out quick. They drop eight. That makes things a little more difficult, a little more convoluted. We'll see which way they go about it. But I think Andy Reid, Mahomes, they'll find a game plan in a way to get it done. Uh, what What is your take on Mahomes' ceiling for injury here? Like how much – like you said, they're going to have a playbook for him. It's going to be whatever. But how limited is that playbook? How limited does this make him? I mean, we're not going to see Mahomes scrambling yeah. in the past like we have. Um, you know, you can't you can't like fully plant there and and do a lot of things that you want to do. So maybe there's some new elements introduced, but also there are some limitations there. Like, how worried are you about that element of it? The most worried I am is the inability to scramble and extend plays. Orlando Brown Jr., Andrew Wiley, they have to step up. That's what it comes down to. They have to step up. Cincinnati got pressure against Buffalo, and I will talk more about that game in just a minute, but with three guys. If they're getting pressure with three or four guys, it's over. The offensive line has to hold. Orlando Brown Jr., if you want to be one of the highest paid left tackles in the NFL, here's a a job for you. 
Don't let Mahomes get hurt any worse. Got to protect him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, real quickly, I you know I know everyone's focused on Bengals, Chiefs, Mahomes injury, whatever. We are just a couple days off of a game. The Jags game, uh, you know, they played Saturday, won the divisional round, won it, won it pretty handily with an injured Mahomes, uh, even though the game final score ended up within you know one touchdown. Um, just wondering, like, how impressed you were at that win over the Jags. Um, and any like remaining feelings that you'd like to kind of suss out um, a few days after the fact? It was an impressive win. I, I think it was impressive that Chad Henney was able to keep it alive as well. That was the biggest drive of his career. Uh, that was just an incredible performance he put on 98 yards and eventually you have the crowd cheering your name. I can't even imagine how amazing that has to feel for a majority lifelong backup quarterback in the NFL. You probably don't know if you're ever going to play an actual game in the NFL again. You're more there as a veteran presence, a, a leader in the locker room. He gets his opportunity. First play out. What's he do? Passes the ball. Andy Reid right there passing the ball was huge. It put in the back of the Jaguars mind. It's not just going to be run, run, run with Isaiah Pacheco or Jerick McKinnon. I, I, that 98 yard drive, by the way, Again, 40 yards came from Isaiah Pacheco on that one run. I got to put a little caveat there. But if they can do that with Chad Henney, they can easily run an offense similar to that with Patrick Mahomes in the pocket not moving. Mahomes yeah. is still way more talented, right? Mahomes is incredible still in the pocket. So if you want to take some of that into this upcoming match, you can. Um, defense, I think, did a fine job. They confused Trevor Lawrence a few times. Uh, the defensive line. Chris Jones didn't get a sack again. That's obviously a storyline, but I think he produced. Frank Clark had a very solid game overall, in my opinion. Uh, Harrison Bucker, playoff Harrison Bucker is a real thing. He was center cut on every single uh, every single field goal and extra point. Tommy Town did a couple of nice punts and holes. Outside of Jamal Agnew springing loose, uh, special teams honestly was a very good performance. It was a good, good uh, all-around performance by Kansas City, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, um, I'm not even sure what else to say about it other than, other than it was a good win. It was a good, complete win overall. I felt really good about the way the whole team looked. Uh, I love Jalen Watson stepping up. We haven't seen Josh Williams play in quite some time. Like He's been relegated to really kind of waiting for next year. And Jalen Watson stepping up the way that he did uh, late in the game was big. I, I, thought it was a, I thought it was a stellar win. And again, you and I have talked about the Jaguars too. Even though they lost, they're a quality team. Doug Peterson, Trevor Lawrence, they all should feel very, very good about the season they had and the effort they put up on Saturday, um, for sure. They're a year uh, ahead of schedule. They're a year ahead of schedule. We knew this. Right. Uh, Doug Peterson's the right guy. They have the right quarterback. They just need a few more weapons. They're in a good spot going forward. I have nothing but respect for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, their fan base has, has been a, a tortured fan base for the most part. Uh, they went through the horrendous year of Urban Meyer, didn't even make it through a season. So for them and their fan base, they seem very nice, very gracious post game, uh, rooting for their success in the future. Yeah. Let me ask you this. When you were watching the Bengals-Bills game, um, like, like – what were your dominant thoughts there watching that and then seeing 
okay, you know, it's like, it looks like it's going to be the Bengals. Oh, it is going to be the Bengals. It's going to be the Bengals versus KC again. Because you're watching the Bengals play the Bills and decimating the Bills. Um, were you afraid? Were you, does, that, does that make you a little bit nervous? Does that, like, what does that tell you about the Bengals? What, does that, what, were, you, what were your emotions there? First takeaway, the beat-up offensive line from Cincinnati looked as good as it has all season. Those backups played like starters. That yeah. offensive line for the for the Cincinnati Bengals was incredible. And I understand and appreciate the announcers were trying to bring light of offensive line should look better than the defensive line in snow. They should be able to get a better push. They know what's going on. It's tough for defensive line to get a big push against the O-line when it's snowing. Only thing I'll say is didn't look like it on the other side. Cincinnati destroyed Buffalo in the trenches. Buffalo rolled over. Stephon Diggs, I understand why folks are upset, and it was a horrible look he had, but that was a guy who was trying to rile his team up, trying to get his team to win, saying, hey, we're not playing up to par right now. I understand where he was coming from. It was a horrendous look, but the Bills got dominated everywhere. The trenches especially, it was an embarrassing performance for them. Josh Allen, Sean McDermott, uh, no Brian Dable anymore. The Bills are another story. I wouldn't have to talk about them too long. I think they have to go into a retool process because Josh Allen's contract kicks in next year. Gabe Davis, what do you do? Do you trade him? Stephon Diggs, what happens? Do you trade him? The defense is getting older. Von Miller, 33-year-old D-end, larger contract. He tore his ACL. He's going to be out the entire next year. Trey White done the same. Trey White, Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. I mean, they're getting older. They're about to have to start doing what Kansas City did this year. And that's what's so impressive. Just very quickly, Cincinnati still has Joe Burrow on a rookie contract, Jamar Chase on a rookie contract. They still have a relatively easy period, right? This is when Seattle won their Super Bowl, when the Chiefs won their Super Bowl. It's easier when you can spend a lot of money elsewhere on the roster with a quarterback on a rookie deal. Not taking anything away from Cincinnati, but this should be their time. Buffalo went all in for one more year before Josh Allen's contract kicked in. Now they have to do what Kansas City decided to bite the bullet and do this year. Kansas City right now, this could be their worst overall roster for the next, I don't know how many years. Mahomes is already on his deal. They decided to get rid of Tyreek Hill, not bring back Tyron Matthew, and reload. And they went 14-3, and and they're hosting a a fifth straight AFC Championship game at home. It's crazy. It's crazy. I will say this. The Bengals, and and this may kind of speak to something we'll talk about later, but the Cincinnati Bengals, and I, I just want to be real clear with this, I mean, at least from my perspective, the Cincinnati Bengals deserve all the applause, all of the swagger, all of the trash talk, all of the – if they want to call Arrowhead Burrowhead, if they, want to, if they want to say with all manner of confidence, they deserve it. And Chiefs fans who want to, like, pout about that, the only way to not pout about that is to win. You know what? That's what we would tell any Broncos fan who wants us to stop saying, don't call Arrowhead West. Well, then you've got to win, dude. you got to win to brag. And the truth is the Cincinnati Bengals have beat the Chiefs three times in the last calendar year. Um, they're set up very well to do so again. They they Before the playoffs, they were playing the best football of any team in the NFL and in the postseason, they're still playing the best football of any team in the NFL. So you know, maybe the Eagles look as good in the postseason on the other side. 
Um, but with Mahomes injury, it totally makes sense why they would feel that way. So, um, you know, I don't, I'm not saying the chiefs can't win. I'm not saying the chiefs won't win. I'm not saying I'm not rooting for the Bengals, whatever, but there's this sentiment in some parts of chiefs kingdom of like, Oh, the Bengals aren't like, they don't deserve to talk the way they talk and they're being overly caught like confident. And I'm saying, Hey man, anyone in their position as defending AFC champs, as a team who was just in the Super Bowl, as a team who's dominating the way they are, they they deserve that. They decimated the Bills, who were considered one of the top three teams, and made them look like a total pretender in their home stadium. Um, when everyone is having this emotional swoon that they like that they're going to be the storybook, you know, postseason team. So yeah, I Cincinnati has converted whatever doubts I had about them. Cincinnati has made me cautious about defending the Chiefs in some way, like, oh, the Chiefs can't melt down again. Uh, I just don't know. Obviously, I want to see the Chiefs rise up and win. I want to see them do it. But, um, but yeah, I, after that divisional round game, I was like, the Bengals, are, the Bengals are great and deserve to feel that they're great. They can talk all the smack they want. They, they've they earned it in the AFC. I do find it a little weird. Maybe win a Super Bowl first. You know, maybe just actually win one before you start talking about how you're the best, you're the best, you're the best. Uh, Eli Apple's the main guy. Frankly, Joe Burrow hasn't really talked a lot. It's not like Joe Burrow is the guy saying, it's Burrowhead. It was, that wasn't Joe Burrow. It wasn't him. No, no. Eli Apple is just brutal on Twitter. I, I liken it to, you play basketball the wreck. Okay. Um, you're on a team with LeBron James at the rec. You're doing shit. You're airballing. You're horrendous. You're getting cooked on D, but your team keeps winning. You know why? Because you have LeBron James on your team. So you're puffing at your chest saying, look how great I am. Look how great we are. You're not doing shit, pal. You're burnt toast. You're getting carried by these dudes over here. I get it. You're on the squad. Good for you. But that's what it feels like with Eli Apple. He's that shit dude at the rec that just talks smack. It's like Pat it's, Beverly. It's a Patrick Beverly. Game, that's my whole game. I don't know. I don't know why you got to put that down. That's my whole game. And it's wild. He's acting like an underdog while also being a villain while somehow like being the champion. It's the weirdest combination of, of I don't know, man. I, I get it. They they've won the AFC. They've beaten the Chiefs three times in a row. Talk your shit, but it's just weird. I'm surprised some folks on the Bengals haven't told him to cool it. You know how in Kansas City, if someone's talking, they tell them to cool it. Justin Reed, they told him to cool it. Tyron Matthew, even last year, they were kind of like, hey, man, you got to cool it on Twitter. Yeah. It feels like all the Bengals guys are pumping him up, saying, yeah, talk your shit. It's a little interesting. I mean, it'll feel great if it all deflates on Sunday. Uh, That's for sure. That's for sure. You want to talk about MGM? Let's talk it. Guys, we have a new thing. We've done it a little bit, but this is a new one. We're passing along an awesome promo for new Bet MGM customers for the conference championships. For all legal betting states, use the code Arrowhead for a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Using promo code Arrowhead is a great way to support Arrowhead Addicts. We get a small fee for Bet, for bet MGM for a new better that uses your code. So if you don't yet have a Bet MGM account, do us a solid. Sign up with Arrowhead and place that bet. Bear with me right here. I will say... If you have an actual problem, sports betting, please get help. I'm going to go through this as quickly as I possibly can. I'm not making light of this, but
but I know you probably don't want to hear me list off all these states. So if you have an actual problem, please get help. New customers are only 21 plus in present select states. Rewards issued as not with trouble. Free bets or site credits. Free bets expire in seven days from issuance. See full terms at betmgm.com. Gambling problem? Call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Illinois, Indiana, Maryland, uh, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Wyoming, 1-800-522-4700. Colorado, Kansas, 877-8-HOPE-NY. Or text HOPE-NY, New York, 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona, 888-789-7777. Uh, Connecticut, 1-800-BETS-OFF. Iowa, 1-877-770-STOP. 7-867, Louisiana. Call or text Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, or 1-888-532-3500, Virginia. Why am I not singing Kenny Rogers over that? Like, I could have been doing a little bit of The Gambler while you're like while you're singing that. That could have been great. <laughs> Richard said you came in at 32 seconds on that one. That feels pretty good. Oh, wow. Good. Richard, how's that? Is that pretty good? That felt pretty good. Yeah, I don't know. That was, a, that was like a... By the way, are you, am I too old? Do you remember micro machines? Do you remember those Mm-mm. that toy? Oh, the thing at the very end of commercials that would just speed up on our radio that would speed it up. It was like no, there was like a Hot Wheels, but it was like a tiny Hot Wheels, and they were called micro machines. And the guy was like, he would like talk that fast in a commercial. It was like it was like really crazy. Anyway, hey, so let's move on here. I want um, look, everyone's talking like. Mahomes injury, Mahomes injury. And, you know, we talk about Joe Burrow versus Mahomes or, or Jamar Chase. But what I'm curious, I want to talk about, like, what are, you know, what are the overlooked storylines? Or for you, what are sort of the maybe under-the-radar questions or concerns on either side for this AFC championship game that you think deserve a greater spotlight? I love just, by the way, there's this – the Bengals fan that says the Bengals have already won. Oh, really? I didn't know the game already happened, guys. Sorry. Game's over. We can go home. Apparently, the Bengals have already moved on. I just always think it's so silly when people are like, you have no chance. Dude, they made it this far. There's a game to be played. It's not played on paper. Come on. Uh, For me, the most concerning aspect of this game for Kansas City is the Chiefs linebackers. I love Nick Bolton. I love Ligue Jr. I'm not concerned necessarily about Joe Mixon or Samaj P. Ryan, even though Joe Mixon was out, right, the, the first match of this year. I'm nervous because Hayden Hurst was cooking them over the middle before Hayden Hurst went down with injury. Nick Bolton and Willie Gay Jr. have been getting taken advantage of in pass coverage situations as the season's gone on. We know that's their weakness. Willie Gay Jr. actually was supposed to be the guy to help that out. He's not been that this season. Um, he, he might just be a little raw. I think he can learn the athleticism is there, but they've been taken advantage of. Now, Juan Thornhill and Justin Reed, at least, you know, back and safety, but still over the middle. They've improved as the season's progressed. Juan Thornhill especially. I think we might see more Brian Cook, probably instead of Willie Gay Jr. on obvious passing down situations. I think we could see more Brian Cook because he should be able to keep up with Hayden Hurst. He has the size, strength, and speed, and I think he performed better than Willie Gay Jr. We'll see, but that would be my main concern is the linebacker play in coverage against Cincinnati. Yeah, I I think, you, you know, you touched on part of this. Sterling, that secondary is playing at such a different level than the last time the Bengals saw them. Like Trent McDuffie and what they're learning to do with Trent. Safety play lately has been through the roof compared to what it was. You know, we were talking about safety like it was a a letdown position. We were talking about Justin Reed like hey, was this big signing kind of a kind of a bust? I mean, he's he like you know, he he seemed to be talking louder than he was playing. 
so to speak. We're talking about like we're talking about like kind of average safety play. But Juan Thornhill, Justin Reed, Trent McDuffie, um, are all playing wonderful. Legereus Sneed has been kind of the under the radar defensive MVP all year, other than Chris Jones. Um, Jalen Watson stepped up, had the interception uh, on Sunday. This secondary is playing at a totally different level than when Joe Burrow and company saw them the last time. And if these games are just won and lost by three points each, and the, 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 if, the, if the margin is so small, then the natural growth curve of a young secondary like this um, could be the difference. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, to me, that's one of the overlooked things happening here is that the Chiefs have just gotten better, at least in, in that part. That's yeah. not to say that the, the Bengals haven't either in some ways. And I'm sure, you know, we like you can make a lot of cases in that way too. But yeah, that's exciting to me. Yeah, Joe Tooney was out in the previous matchup against Cincinnati. Um, uh, who was it that brought this up? Uh, Flapjack City. Also, thank you, Flapjack City. We always appreciate you. You're a great guy. You've been in the chat a lot. Um, he said this is the game for Atlanta Brown Jr. If he wants to get paid like that guy, this is this game. I am with you, and I think he's been playing better as the season's gone on. And there were one game, I've said it before, where he didn't play good was when Joe Tooney was out against Cincinnati. I think that was a big deal. Joe yeah. Tooney being back, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, that interior has played like one of the best interior offensive lines in the NFL. Leonard Brown Jr., for all of his issues, has played better as the season's progressed. I don't blame him for the um, injury to Mahomes. While it was his guy, if you will, he blocked him for four or five seconds. It was just unfortunate. Mahomes was trying to extend the play. Arden Key, I don't think it was anything dirty. I don't think in that speed you can even try and do anything dirty personally. Uh, it was just very, very unfortunate. But he's played better in recent weeks. You know, I, I think Andrew Wiley's played better overall in recent weeks. The offensive line's looking looking pretty good. It's coming down to Trey Hendrickson, DJ Reader. Can they stop them? Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, UNME Productions uh, asked, are y'all planning to have the same Bengals reporter on again this week? I enjoy getting to hear their perspective. Uh, yeah, we're, we're talking to Lee from over at stripehype.com, which is our Bengals site on the fan side of network. Uh, I'll actually be talking to her on Thursday morning. But we'll be doing a live broadcast that'll live on our YouTube channel, breaking down the game from the Bengals perspective to get a little bit of background information there. So great question. And we're on it. We'll be here on Thursday morning with that. Um, so let me ask you this. You know, let, let's talk about if the Chiefs are going to win, like what's going to be true there? Like what Like what would you say the Chiefs will win if this happens? I think you can say it's about a lot of games, so I'm not trying to say anything earth-shattering here, but especially in this when you have to win the trenches. With a banged-up Mahomes who won't be as mobile, he can't extend plays, the offensive line has to hold. The Cincinnati Bengals, like I mentioned, destroyed a Buffalo in the trenches. Josh Allen had no time. Not only that, they were the offensive line for Cincinnati was pushing Buffalo back three, four, five, six yards continuously in the run game. That cannot happen. Um, they need to take advantage of a banged-up Cincinnati front that Buffalo, frankly, was not able to do. We hope Kansas City can. The question all season long is, it's great that they have all these sacks, second overall this season in sacks, right? That's outstanding. 
but can you do it in games that matter? Can you do it against Cincinnati? Can you do it against Buffalo? They put decent pressure on Trevor Lawrence, but it still was a little bit of a, all right, come on. I don't care if you do it against the Raiders in week 18. I don't care if you do it against the Broncos or or the Texans. Do it when it matters. This is time for Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Carlos Dunlap, George Karloftis, Derek Nottie, Colin Saunders, Mike Dana. They need to step up. Yeah. I'm with you in the trenches. I think the Chiefs win if this ground game does what the ground game should do. Now, look, left to right, Orlando Brown Jr., big as a house. Joe Tooney, huge. Creed Humphrey, huge. Trey Smith, Mauler. These guys are all people movers. They talk – some of these guys in interviews will laugh about the joy of – of like a great ground game. Like I've seen Creed Humphrey talking about like, what do you love to do most as an offensive lineman? And then they'll start to laugh about like, you know what I love? I love moving bodies in front of me off, like, like out of the way so we can run the damn football, right? There's something here about, look, you've signed four guys or drafted four guys who are total maulers, pro bowlers, all pros, guys at the top of their game, young guys who are getting better. This line together is one of the three best in all of football. You got a guy in Pacheco who had almost a 1,000-yard season just coming in the second half of the year, like into his own in his first year. If if you have an injured Mahomes in this way, you've got to step up and go, we're going to run the ball down your throat because we can and you're going to know it's coming, and we'll still do it. Like, that's the prowess of these guys. And this is January football. So, to me, you know, Mahomes will be the guy. Mahomes will get the credit. Mahomes, you know, especially with his ankle, he'll deserve all that. But at the same time, I want to see just that physical football that that eases that pressure on Mahomes and opens things up for the deepest – group of wide receivers that the Chiefs have ever had in an AFC championship game. So uh, you just rolled your eyes at that. You don't think that this <laughs> deepest. The Chiefs wide receiving core is fine. They have a lot of solid guys, but no one that's really standing out. Ju- Juju Smith-Schuster is the best wide receiver. I will grant you that. Kadarius Tony is extremely talented. It's still fairly early. I love Kadarius Tony as much as the next guy. I but okay, go ahead. Man. But hear me say, I'm not saying, I'm not saying the most talented, but but I will I will take M, I will take one MVS over three Demarcus Robinsons, for sure, right? Like yeah. like once you once you got past two or three last year, like I'm over it. But the Chiefs have so many more options than they've had ever before. To to me, there even like Justin Watson over a Marcus Kemp of the past is a trade I'm making every time. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm thinking in terms of quality, quantity, balance versus just like top tier. Yeah. I also think the Chiefs defensive line, as is currently constructed and the way they are currently playing, is better than the Buffalo defensive line. Buffalo's defensive line took a massive hit when Von Miller went down. They were struggling. Their defense really regressed a ton. Uh, it's tough to blame only one guy, it's tough to put all that pressure on one dude. But Von Miller was that game changer for Buffalo when he went down. Take a look. 
their D-line was not the same. I uh, want to get to a super chat from Evan Gabrielson. Thank you guys again so much for the super chat. It's very, very kind of you. But do you guys think we run the ball more with Mahomes injured? Also, do we see McKinnon on almost every passing down to help with protection? Connor, what do you think? Uh, I, I do. I mean, it just makes sense. It makes sense to run the ball more. Then again, it has made sense to run the ball more every single game, and we and we haven't ran it right. I mean, like, like even last game against the against the Jags, like Pacheco's just doing whatever he wants on the field, and he only gets like what twelve carries. It was like, it's it's crazy. I whatever. I so. Evan, I assume so. I I would believe so. I would not bet on it because it's Andy Reid and we're past first, second, and third. So, um, yeah, we'll see. McKinnon also, and, and we touched on this uh, a little bit before, but, you know, McKinnon was shut down on, on Saturday. Um, you know, like they did a splendid job against Austin Eckler. The Jags did against Austin Eckler the week before. And they shut down Jarek McKinnon, too. So it'll be interesting to me to see Jarek McKinnon kind of come back and go, hey, wait, I'm supposed to be red hot right now. What the hell happened? Uh, you know, maybe we'll see him come back to life there. But, yeah, I, I would expect a lot more Jarek McKinnon in general just because with Mahomes being hurt, they trust Jarek McKinnon. He took on – the linebacker for the Jaguars, the leading tackler in the NFL. So we're not talking about a, a, a slot corner. We're talking about a big dude. McKinnon pancaked him, laid him out. It was incredible. Uh, so, yeah, I think they trust Jarek McKinnon. I want to bring something up here. Maybe I, I don't want to say I'm, I'm cocky because I think it's going to be a very difficult a very difficult game. Frankly, Chiefs fans, I don't think we can be cocky, right? There, we should not be cocky. But one area I'm not as concerned about, Chiefs corners, Bengals wide receivers. I understand how good Cincinnati's wide receivers are. That's the best wide receiving core top to bottom in the NFL. They're very, very good. The Chiefs corners, I think, can hold their own against them. They're not going to shut them down. No one shuts down that that group, that trio, right? But Legereus Sneed might travel with T. Higgins. I wouldn't be shocked. T. Higgins is 6'4. Put your big body tied in or uh, cornerback on him, Legereus Sneed. Jamar Chase, six foot, not quite as big of a height mismatch with a Trip McDuffie or a Jalen Watson. I'm not saying they're going to shut down since he's wide receivers, but I don't necessarily feel as this is a crazy mismatch that I think the majority of folks, especially national, national media, would like to make this out to be. Boy, you're – I mean, I like I'm the one who just praised the Chiefs secondary and talked about how much better they are. But if you traded for Jalen Ramsey right now, right now, and added them to the corners, I'd still take Cincinnati's wide receivers over Chiefs corners, uh, even if you added, like, whoever you want to add to. I mean, like the Bengals playmakers are second to none. I mean, they're like Chase – I think T. Higgins could be a top 10 to 12 wide receiver in the NFL. And they both play for Cincinnati. Tyler Boyd. I, it's, an incre- it's an incredible trio. It's just an incredible trio. I, I, I'm not, I wouldn't come off that cloud. I mean, okay. so hats, off to, hats off to Chiefs Corners. I get it. Let me ask you this. Um, if Cincinnati's going to win the game, 
Like if if we look back and we're like, oh, the Bengals have won this game. What does that mean happened in the game? I would say Mahomes wasn't able to move, and they got a lot of pressure on the offensive line collapsed like it did in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers. Uh, again, they just dominated Buffalo in the trenches. And again, I don't know if that was snow related or not. They were both playing on the same field, so it's tough to make an excuse one way or the other. But, but man, if Mahomes is under constant duress and they're only sending four, this is going to be a long, long day. And I don't know what Cincinnati is going to do. Lou Anaromo is a hell of a defensive coordinator. He's a great D coordinator. I'm not going to say a bad word about him. Very talented. The Mike Hilton blitzes. Great. Man. Sit him five times. Hit Josh Allen four. 80% return on investment. Nice ROI there. They're going to have to do a better job. And I do think Mahomes is better than Josh Allen when it comes to set and protection. Part of that's on Josh Allen, right? But the offensive line has to hold Offensive line has to hold. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm with you. That That's that's what it's going to be. Uh, somehow, um, I, I worry about the Chiefs defense getting gas, getting tired. Uh, like, it's going to be such a physical battle. It's going to be such a, you know, it's probably going to be, it's going to be cold. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's a long season. I know the Chiefs just had a bye, so that helps. But if Mahomes is somehow like if the injury is a bit too much to deal with, um, if the defensive game plan is too good, what that's going to allow is like, if, if the chiefs go three and out a few times early and the defense starts to get gassed, that's going to become a real issue in the fourth quarter. Um, So, you know, in some ways I'm just hoping for long drives, long drives, at least turn into three points and, and, you know, see how some of those things go. I'm a little worried about that component of things, asking too much from that defense. But, yeah, you know. Obviously, each matchup with Cincinnati has been close, right? They, they've come down to the wire. Uh, you can make cases on both sides. You know, Tyler Boyd dropped a wide-open touchdown. Carlos Dunlap came up with a huge play when since he could have kicked a field goal. Um, Travis Kelsey fumbling the ball late, and maybe the Chiefs come away with a victory. There's always going to be what ifs, but the special teams for Kansas City has been an issue all season long. It's been their their Achilles heel. Well, Harrison Bucker looked looked like he was just nailed, center cut back. Do you think special teams is back, and will they pay play a major factor in this game? I think they will play a factor in the game because they've played a factor all along, and that may be for good or for bad, but it just seems only right to say – it won't be a non-factor. I like Bucker as – like, I like the way he looked last week. I like the way that – I mean, Townsend's been just incredible all season. Um, but, man, Agnew had more than one impressive run back, right? I mean, it was like field position for the Jags was problematic in that way. Um, you know, you just can't allow some of those things to happen – the Chiefs just lost Chris Lamonts to, uh, you know, on 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 waivers. Now he's gone, so uh, you know, smart move by the Bengals not letting him come back and signing, uh, you know, as a practice squad player because he would have been elevated for game day if that was the case. So, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris Lamonts cannot play against Kansas City and technically not play until after the Super Bowl. Yeah. That was the way I read it. 
Boy. So basically, Chris Lamont is no longer allowed to play uh, before the season ends. Yeah. By the way, if you're Chris Lamont, you were a member of a team, likely headed to a Super Bowl, could be headed to a Super Bowl. You get claimed by a team that could also be going to a Super Bowl, but now you're off. Now you're wondering, am I allowed to get a Super Bowl ring? Will I ever like what I like? Now you're like not even able to play at all. Um, yeah. You know, and then they're probably just going to dump him after the season because they were just trying to keep the Chiefs from having a special teams savvy player on the roster. Now the Chiefs, and it's smart move. If the game comes down to those tiny details, then the Chiefs going from a guy who's used to playing hundreds of snaps this year on special teams and having been with the team for years under Dave Tobe, knowing what they want. Now maybe they have to go with a rookie. Maybe now it's Jack Cochran, uh, linebacker. Maybe now it's it's Joshua Williams a little bit more. Maybe now, I mean, it's smart football. It's smart football. Um, if you're the Chiefs and you did this to get Clyde Edwards E. Lair back on the roster, I hope it's worth it. I mean, I I do, and and maybe it is. Maybe maybe we're talking about oh, it was so good to have Jody Fortson back or yeah. like whoever is coming back, but. Um, yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It, the whole thing is intriguing at the very least. Yeah. Uh, Flapjack says, I already dropped 500 on KC. Stones, dude. Stones. We're rooting for you over here. Um, do you think there's anything to Kansas City being an underdog, or do you think it's slightly overblown? Say you're a player, you're the coaching staff. Do you think they look a lot into that? I, I don't think there's anything – put a chip on your shoulder. It's, it's the fucking AFC championship game. You're going all out anyways. Is there anything to this underdog business? I, um, there was a comment that was just made that totally summarizes that up for me. Adam Marshall just posted a really, I think a astute point. He says, I am seriously terrified of Mahomes's ankle. I feel like people are way underselling it. And I, I, in my head, that's partially what I'm thinking when you talk about underdog, which is, you know, we're talking about normally a high ankle sprain leaves you out X amount of time, but not Mahomes. Like, like we talk about him in superhuman terms, um, and and then we kind of move on. We kind of like gloss over it in this way, like oh, but he's Mahomes, he'll be fine. Or even a one leg of Mahomes is better than. XX, blah, 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 blah. And that makes for like a lot of fun and it's true. And Mahomes deserves a lot of credit. And we're like, we try to figure out ways to proclaim the greatness of Patrick Mahomes. But here's a guy coming off of what is typically a long-term injury one week ago against a very good defense, against the defending Super Bowl representatives in the AFC probably glossing over it is not a big, is not a good thing. And probably worrying about it more is a good thing. And for them be all that to say, I understand that they should be the underdog. I'm, I feel like I'm not answering your question. You're fine. Yeah. You're, you're just sitting on that fence. Pal. How's that fence uh, feel pretty good. It sucks. It sucks so bad, <laughs> but, but I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what to think on the one hand. I think, man, the Bengals are so good. And then I also think, have you ever seen what Cincinnati people eat? I mean, do they like, like, do you know what they do for fun? They just sit and play solitaire with two people. They put cheese or they put chili and cheese on their hot dogs and their spaghetti and their donuts. Like these aren't people to be trusted. 
Why would I ever think that they're good? What's going on? So, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what to think. What, what do you think? I, well, when it comes to Mahomes' leg, first and foremost, I think this is going to be like the Tiger Woods 08 U.S. Open situation. I think we're going to see an incredible game back and forth, and we look back on this and say Mahomes did it on one leg, how Tiger Woods went an extra 18 for Rocco Mediate and got it done. This is what we're about to see. That, that's my opinion right now. I think the home manager will play a factor, but sometimes I do think it can be, I don't want to say overblown, because I do think the Chiefs have the best face of any team in the NFL. Back by 142.2. There's stats, baby. There's stats. But how, how much does that really affect the game they're two and two in the last four seasons hosting the AFC championship game that's 500 they need this one they need this one I think it's a little bit of a factor but again I don't think it's anything crazy well uh, yeah I'm, I'm with you I yeah I, I I hope you're right I hope you're right um let's get our predictions here Sterling let's get your official prediction for the AFC championship game oh. You're going Chiefs or Bengals? I'm going Chiefs. Uh, I'm going Chiefs close game. I have not had a chance to go through the score yet. I want to see a little closer. A little closer. Give me a couple more days. Come on now. Got to do some some more mathematician work over here. Come on. All right. I'm going to replace you with Richard. Richard, what is your prediction for the AFC Championship game? You there? Yeah, I'm here. What's uh, Chiefs? I don't have a score. Chiefs, just Chiefs. All right, I love it. I'll Richard come back with a score. Before. Richard said it. Sterling was too chicken to say it. Sterling, where are you? At? Come on. All right, I'll say I'll, I'll go 27-24 Kansas City. 27-24 Kansas City. I think it's going to be a very, very close game, a little back and forth. I think we'll see some longer drives on both sides, especially Kansas City. Uh, Cincinnati's going to try and go over the middle against the Chiefs linebackers. Hayden Hurst should have a big day. But again, that's probably going to extend drives for them. Not a lot of quick scores. Kansas City, same thing. They're going to have to protect Mahomes to the best of their ability. We'll see long, drawn-out drives. We might see the Chiefs do something that's typically done to them. You try keeping Joe Burrow on the sideline. You try running the ball a ton. You try these screen passes. You try these four, five, six-yard dump-offs. We might see a lot of that from Kansas City. And so I expect a slightly lower scoring game than the majority of folks are probably thinking. I think you're right. I, I, I'm i going to say Chiefs 28, Bengals 18. I think it's going to be a little bit of a of – a, but here's a, and, and I'm, I know I'm going optimism here. I'm choosing optimism. But seven series for the Chiefs in the second half of that last game. Punt, punt, interception, punt, punt, field goal, interception. That is like the pit of misery, and the game still went to overtime, right? I just don't think, I just don't think that the Chiefs are going to enter that level of ineptitude to allow the Bengals to do what they want here. I realize that there's also been the regular season games where – KC played better and still got beat. But here we are in the postseason at home. I just think that's it. Plus, their slogan is, who day? I'm out. I'm out. Who day? At that point, I'm predicting a blowout just because you say that out loud. 
So yeah, 28-18 Chiefs. Who day in shitty chili? I mean, come on. That's just brutal. That whole region just makes bad bad decisions. Seriously, come on. You guys couldn't have anything better than that. What else is Cincinnati food? Like, name another Cincinnati food. Uh, Philly at least has cheesesteaks. Kansas City has barbecue. San Fran has sushi. Feels like a sushi place. I don't know. Never been to San Fran. I don't know what they would have there. But what does Cincy have? Shitty chili. Come on. Do they put it on their ice cream, too? It's horrible. It's just horrible. Uh, Anyway, all right. Let's close things out. Folks, if you're new around here, or if you're a uh, Bengals troll, you should know that we end all of our episodes with the must list, which is just us sitting around for a few minutes talking about things we loved last week. And uh, we like recommending things. We also love reading your recommendations. So uh, for those of you out there who are not members, you should know uh, members of the Arrowhead Addict uh, channel here. Um and you can you can see all the information at arrowheadaddict.com slash memberships. Uh, we've got like a special Discord channel where people can talk about all kinds of things. We've got all kinds of cool benefits. It's all there, arrowheadaddict.com slash uh, membership. And uh, you can see that on the site itself. But, uh, yeah, we love talking here. We love hearing in the comments. Uh, Richard, you there? Let's, let's do our must list for the week. I'm back. Let's do this. Love it. Love it. Um, who wants to go first this week? You're up with the chef's hat. Why don't you go first, Sterling? I never even did my Paula Abdul puns that you started the show off with. So before we do that, I have to make sure I, I get these out. Uh, are you saying the Chiefs need to rush, rush against the Cincinnati Bengals? Are you just are you wanting me to set you up for a bunch of Paula Abdul? I don't know. I, I think straight up that's what they need to do. All right, there's two for you. Let's get into the must list. I have picking up the pieces by Fitz and the Tantrums. Fitz and the Tantrums, I'm not a massive fan of what they've switched into. They're kind of too poppy for me now. But that first album had a lot of great vibes, a lot of little funkadelic to it. A little, I wouldn't say R&B, but a little blue-eyed soul with it. I really like that first album, Picking Up the Pieces by Fitz and the Tantrum. Uh, saw them in concert a few times. They were great. Put in a great show. Uh, so that's the one I'm going with. I'll bet that's a great live show. Like, I could see that being a lot of fun. That one was great. Then I saw them again, and they played, I think, one song off that album, and I was just super bummed. <laughs> what about you, Richard? Uh, this week, we're doing another weird one, but we're not going to hijack the show with it. We're doing a – oh, sorry, my phone's going off. We're recommending a 2011 film that I, I, I decided to rewatch recently called Hobo with a Shotgun. It stars Rudger Hauer, the uh, the late great Rudger Hauer, yeah. as the t- yeah as a titular hobo uh, with a shotgun, and he deals justice in a very seedy, evil town. It's hyper violent. It's hyper everything. It's it's very it's very crass, but it's awesome. It's all it's got practical effects. There's squibs. There's blood. There's gore. And Rudger Hauer's got amazing one liners. Uh, and then the director that was what inspired. I just made a film last Friday called Kids Versus Aliens that I heard has all that stuff as well. It's an R-rated film with kids fighting aliens, and it's supposed to be just as badass as uh, Hobo with a Shotgun. So check out Hobo with a Shotgun. Check out Kids Versus Aliens, I guess. I've never seen it. It's probably so, good. Like one of the regular <laughs> hour one-liners, do you have like a favorite? Like what's an example? Well, well, it's okay. So one of them was very cliched, but the way he delivered it was so sincere and it made it funnier. So this woman, he's talking to this woman and he's pretty much – He's going to do something very drastic. And she's like, you can't solve every problem with a shotgun. And then he looks at her and says, it's all I know. 
And then he just walks away. And it was great because it was totally sincere, but I knew it was the corniest thing to say. It's all I know. <laughs> Dude, I love Richard. He's the man. He 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 really brings, like Evan Warner points out, he's the gentleman in this group. I never had any idea what he's talking about, but I always enjoy it. Yeah. Hobo with a shotgun. I just love that name. I I said earlier before the show that sounded like a, a rage against the machine. Like a... <laughs> like a hobo with a shotgun all right and, um, i just want to do that again i just want to sing that out loud here that's fair permanent by the way are you guys into like oscar movies like oscar season or that kind of thing totally yeah i'm, I'm like so into it and he has uh uh there's a movie called tar out have you have you heard of this yes with the blanchett it has, it has kate blanchett it has um uh someone else who i just saw in some uh in a in a series called the bridge anyway it's like it's it's like a it's like a modern day parable about power and the corruption of power. It's like it's so freaking intense. It's like a slow burn, so it's not like I mean, it's definitely not hobo with a shotgun. That's for sure. Um, wait, wait, look at Evan's comment. I don't like that one, pal. We're gonna kill Sterling one of these weeks. Laughing emoji, laughing emoji. Yeah, what does it mean, Evan? Is that a threat? Evan, 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 Evan I'm scared, pal. Come on now, you're a good dude. Yeah. It's always the people you least expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? Uh, well, folks, that's our must list for the week. Everything from hobo with a shotgun to hobos with tantrums. Fits, I mean, hobos throwing fences and tantrums uh, with a shotgun. Anyway, my name is Matt Connor. Our producer is Richard Sterling and the chefs. Um, anyway, thanks for hanging out with us. Welcome to AFC CG Week. We'll be here all week with mailbag with film study, with behind the behind enemy lines breakdown. Matt Verderam and Patrick will be here on Thursday with their full predictions and game preview. Otherwise, we're out of here. We'll see you Sunday. Peace. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.